the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. Later, we'll be on podcasts everywhere, and you can also find old episodes on www.talklawradio.com. If you have questions, you can always email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at TalkLawRadio.com. And because I'm licensed in Texas to practice law, the State Bar of Texas governs my law license, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with your professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in county court, probate court, or district court. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about law and gospel today on the radio. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to do your will. Please help Andrew Hunt and Ava Louvre and me give good information about the law and gospel of adoption today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we're talking about the law and gospel um, about child adoption. Attorney Ava Louvre will talk about Texas adoption law and... Uh, Deacon Andrew Hunt with First Baptist Church of Universal City, Texas, will talk about what the Bible says about adoption. So let me start with you, Mr. Hunt. Um, tell us, uh, where are you from? I, Todd, I'd say I'm from Texas. <laughs> First of all, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I grew up mostly in the Hill Country, went to high school in Lubbock, and I live um, just outside of San Antonio in the hills, in the hill country. And tell us about your your education and background. So my background, I'm a fighting Texas Aggie, class of 03. I, I was waiting for the whoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my degree is in civil engineering, My uh, and I'm licensed to practice. I'm a professional engineer. My focus was on um, civil engineering and structural engineering. So in military terms, I designed targets, and the other cooler engineers designed the stuff that blew up our targets, I guess. Oh. That's, so that's my um, 
that's my background. Uh, to get, that's my education. Mm-hmm. But you also serve at the church. Tell us about that. I do. So I do two things. I'm a in my my paying job that pays my tithes. I'm a um, senior vice president for a firm called Project Control here in town, um, and we do some of the similar things I think uh, that I do at church, and that's we serve others. And so as a deacon, my job is to serve. Um, it's a lifelong sentence. It's a calling. Um, it, you know, we joke that. Uh, or I joke that you could get a – if people come to my Sunday school class, it'll help my, my bonus at the end of the year. There's no <laughs> bonus. Um, but uh, day-to-day, I, I teach adult Bible study, um, young couples, but really everybody um, that shows up. That's <laughs> who so we teach. I just pick a book of the Bible, and we go through it verse by verse. I serve on the personnel committee. Um, and most of the things I do as a deacon, and I think this is true for probably all deacons, really – it's just spending time in the lives of, of those that God puts me into their life or the people that get in my life is spending time and sharing, sharing the trials of, of mm-hmm. life with others. And I think that's, that's probably most of it. Counseling. Counseling, yeah. I don't always have great advice, but I have, uh, I have strong opinions and, and I'm uninformed on a lot of stuff, Todd, so that's a good combination. <laughs> um, but it's, it's counseling to say, you know, I haven't been through that. I've been through this. God's mm-hmm. done this, and I'm hurting with you, and I'm thrilled with you, um, which is – that's actually something I've both heard and been thrilled along several friends that are going to go – that have gone through and are going through what we're going to talk about today. And that's, I think, fundamental to being a deacon and I think really a believer as a Christian. In general, that's our, that's our calling. Right. And as a neighbor. So. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. Ava, tell us about you. Where are you from? Um, Well, where I'm from is a little bit of a tricky question. So my dad was military, so I grew up a little bit of everywhere, but we've landed in Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are both from Texas, but we came to San Antonio towards the end of middle school, right at at middle school, and we've been here ever since. So we, we claim San Antonio is home by choice. So you graduated high school here? Sure did. Go yeah. Reagan. <laughs> and then what? And then I went to Texas State. I was a Bobcat. I went. I, I didn't want to be too far from home, but not too not close in the either. City. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went. Um, so I graduated from from Texas State, and then I decided to go to law school, and I went to North Carolina. And experienced all the seasons. That was amazing. <laughs> and then um, after graduating, I knew I had to come home. So back to Texas. Yeah, I had an opportunity to go to North Carolina because uh, my middle son uh, was in a playing in a baseball tournament there. And um, my wife said, let's just stay. And I said, <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> but it, it's totally different. Like, I we lived in, like, Mississippi and and Memphis and uh. Texas and Cal- in California, but when I went there, it was just there's like a different air. I don't know if it's because the trees actually change colors or what, but mm-hmm. it was just I loved it. But mm. I had to come home. You loved it, but wanted to come home. Oh yeah. And so tell us about your legal experience. So after graduating law school, um, passing the bar. That was a whole process. I was kind of absorbed into practice with an attorney who did a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, He did do family law, but civil as well. And then I was absorbed into a practice that did a lot of family law with probate and estate planning with it. Um, And so I have an extensive background with family law, Mm -hmm. Um, the good, bad, and the ugly. But you have some general practice in in other areas? Well, yes. So, you know, when it comes to estate planning and and probates, guardianships as well, um, that was all part of the different cases that we took care of. But when it came down to family, which is where we're going to kind of focus in today, we would do several types of adoptions, um, which were always my favorite, are still my favorite. I love, I love adoptions. Look forward to talking about it. I kind of started out as a general practitioner, too. I did uh, defense, criminal defense for indigent clients. Mm -hmm. And um, 
my favorite part about that was telling them that they needed to get back to church because uh, I couldn't really change the circumstances and almost none of them wanted to go through a trial and so they would just uh, let me negotiate their their plea bargain for them and then I would say you know what you really need to do is find different friends and go to church (laughs) (laughs) that's always helpful (laughs) so we got to take a break uh, but when we come back we'll be talking about the law of adoption Some questions that you should ask yourself, some things that you should probably do to get prepared for adoption. There's lots of rules and regulations, and we'll talk about it with Ava and Andrew when we come back. Stay tuned. wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information the attorneys at marquardt law firm focus on business and estate law including last wills living trusts and tax protected inheritance plans we educate our children so that they're prepared for the future call marquardt law firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and we're talking about the law and gospel of adoption. Law and gospel is my favorite thing to do on the radio because uh, at my church, uh, when the pastor gives a sermon, he always talks about the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so uh, when when, uh, I was thinking about uh, moving my office, the pastor was also thinking about starting a new um, branch of the church, give birth to a new church. And and he said, you know what we should do, Todd? We should uh, find one of those strip malls, and uh, we can have our locations right next to each other. You can be the law and we'll be the gospel. And uh, we never did that. But <laughs> it was a seed that was planted many years ago, and... Uh, when the radio station invited me to have a program, I thought, that's what I'm going to do, law and gospel. And it's very difficult to find people from the church to be brave enough to be on the radio. You know, they'll give a sermon to their their church, but they don't want to give a sermon to the whole city live, yeah. <laughs> unscripted. No this, pressure. This is live? No, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. just kidding. <laughs> Let's so, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, let, let's go back to uh, your background a little bit. Tell us about uh, your family and your connection to adoption. So my family and my connection to adoption is um, sort of, a, well, I'll just start. This is a big part of sort of my my faith, my foundation as a man, as a, as a husband, a father, a neighbor. Um, First, my family, my wife Kelly, and I have I have a wife Kelly, and I have three um, fantastic children. We have Maya, Ellie, and Aiden. They're nineteen, sixteen, and twelve as of a day and fourteen minutes ago. Oh, great! Something like that. <laughs> I love that you know so that. Twelve. Fourteen yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, our youngest, we made we made him from scratch. That's our phrase. When you adopt. You always have a hard time wanting to – it's hard to know what, how do you describe your children or other mm-hmm. people's children. And I'll keep this appropriate, but I heard somebody say, if you wouldn't say it about a woman's chest, you shouldn't say it at, about someone's children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good at keeping rules like that, so we just say, well, we made our son, and then God made and brought our daughters to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so our two daughters, um, I'll start with Ellie, who's 16. She showed up at our doorstep unannounced uh, a little after 11 o'clock one night when she was eight. Unexpected, um, she was in care, in foster care, and the agency took her to the wrong house. She needed a place to stay that night. The woman that was caring for her had to go to the hospital, and they brought her to the wrong house. They didn't bring her to the wrong house. They brought her home, but... Um, 
we didn't. God's plan. Right? God's plan. Exactly. Porch light was off. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 my boxers answering the door, and uh, we fell in love with Ellie. Um, we had been foster parents um, already to adopt. Our goal was to adopt. Our, our calling was to adopt. Our son was made to have siblings. He was not made to be alone, and mm-hmm. that has borne out to be exactly true um, <laughs> over all these years. And uh, so we had her for a week, and uh, at the time our calling had been for to adopt children younger than our son. Mm-hmm. That's just God starts you in a path, and we took it, and then he guides you once you get moving. And when Ellie showed up, we fell in love with her, and in fact her and our son had a very special bond that they still have today. Um, brother and sister, they fight like brother and sister, which is good. And um, but they also they have a connection that's been mm-hmm. very special, and God used that. So she went back. Uh, she went back, and we um, uh, we asked, "Can we? What's her story? Can we?" Because there's her? a whole she's legal, ours. legal process. Yeah, she you went back just... to the parents, and they said she's actually going to be adopted right now. This is oh. great for her. And we said, "Well, okay, but if something changes, we God said you can have her." Um, and so fast forward six months later, we got a call, and they said, "Hey, how about you watch Ellie?" Tonight, she needs someone to watch her. And we said, absolutely, absolutely. We have been asking for her and praying for her and wanting her um, for six months since we met mm-hmm. her. Wow. Um, and they, the next day they said, how about she never leave? And we said, let's go. Let's do it. Um, and so it took – it normally takes six months for us because of the circumstances of how long she had been in care. They said, we, we can do it in five if you're cool with that. And we said, we, let's go. So we did. Um, Fast forward, so that was our family. We were a family of four. We could all fit in an Uber. And um, I fast forward about six years, and, um, and Maya entered our life, which is absolutely beautiful. And she was my wife's student. She actually showed up to the fifth grade girls' Sunday school class that my wife taught for one year uh, with some of the girls. She was, for a very short period of time, at Boysville, mm-hmm. which was really doing a wonderful job. Uh, for Maya, and um, she got to know my wife a little bit in fifth grade girls' Sunday school class as a ninth grade, as a freshman in high school. And um, I felt something special about her. Didn't tell her. She wouldn't have believed me anyway. Um, and we didn't see her for a while, and then she showed up at my wife. My wife is a teacher and headmaster for a charter school, um, Founders Classical Academy in Shirts. And the start of Maya's sophomore year, she had gotten permission to go to this charter school and Boysville took her like they were, like it was one of her kids, mm-hmm. uh, while all the other kids went to another high school. And the first day of school, meet the teacher night, there was my wife as her math teacher, wow. and also the soccer coach. And my wife said, you're on the soccer team now with your girls, <laughs> uh, with Ellie. Um, and we just really loved uh, Maya. And then we just got to know her, though, just as a student. Uh, my wife mentored her as part of a small program through Boysville. And then COVID came. and. And because she was in care, they totally locked it down. Uh, She couldn't have visitors, couldn't leave, couldn't go to school in person. And we we couldn't get a hold of her, but we found out that she she needed to be not there. And so we asked, can she come and live with us? Um, And sure enough, she said yes. Um, and we got uh, relicensed for in four weeks, um, which is fast. If you're listening, that's very fast. To be a foster family. To be a foster family. And... I had a clear conviction. I had not mentioned it to my wife. It turns out she had a very clear conviction. If Maya wants to, she could be ours. Like, if you, if you want parents forever, we'll mm-hmm. be your parents forever. you got to be uh, pretty low to want me to be your dad. But um, <laughs> after a few months, she said, can you guys just adopt me? Is this real? And we said, yes. Yes, we can. I don't think she even finished her sentence. We were there. Mm-hmm. We were there. And I'll share a little bit. I believe that's exactly what God has done with us uh, through Christ is that he's like, hey, I've already got the whole thing worked out. Mm-hmm. Would you just please say yes? Um, and so we waited till she turned 18 and she aged out. And a little over a year ago, at the start of her senior year, we adopted her. Um, now she's, she's, she's off to, at college at Texas Tech in the engineering program. And, um, and the best part is she's come home a couple times. Not too many times, but a couple of times. <laughs> and mm-hmm. wanted to be home, and that's um, something we can mention. So that's my family. Um, I was adopted by my father as legally my stepdad, but I never met my um, my biological father. Uh, well, let's, I'm okay with that. Let's uh, break down the foster adoption, and then we'll come back yeah. to your mm-hmm. adoption. 
So, Ava, what are what are some things that uh, people need to know about fostering? Well, I can't speak too much about fostering, but um, obviously everything's governed by Child Protective Services, um, and there's licensing and, and requirements. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier today about how there's really not many requirements to make a baby, but when it comes to fostering and adopting through CPS, there's a lot of red tape and a lot of hurdles um, for sure that, that parents have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to talk about there's actually three ways to, into adoption. Okay. Um, CPS and, and, you know, through the government is one of them. Okay. Um, and then we have agency adoption. And so I don't play through agency adoption too much. I'm I'm primarily through the private realm of adoption. Um, and then there's really a couple of main types of adoption. So you mentioned already step-parent adoption. Yep. And that is when a step-parent comes into a child's life and a family is already formed. So really – in any type of adoption, it is just the legalization and finalization of a family that's been created for years. And so it's really just seeing that signature. I mean, it's, it's nothing changes in the heart. I mean, it's been there. Yeah. And and like you said, I think you felt that love very early when, when Maya came into your life that you just knew. You just knew it. But love isn't enough, right? Well, not in law. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, money too, right? You need money. It can be kind of but, expensive. But there's a biological father. Absolutely. So that goes to some of the – adoption is really two cases. There's always a termination, and then there's the adoption. So I can't even get to an adoption case until I have figured out – who are biologically connected to this child Mm -hmm. and going through the steps of terminating their right. Let me tell you a funny story. I was uh, appointed as attorney ad litem for an unknown father Mm -hmm. in a CPS case. And somehow, I don't remember who told me or how I learned, but I searched the uh, criminal um, case database and I found this guy's name. And so I showed up to his hearing for the, for the what do they call it, when you make your pleading, <laughs> guilty or not guilty. And the, the judge calls the roll to make sure everybody's there. And he stands up, and I said, that's my guy. <laughs> and when he went out in the hall with his, attor- his defense attorney, I followed him. And after they talked about his plea bargain, I said, are you so-and-so? And And he said, yes. And I said, I'm your attorney. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, that's great. He, he really didn't know about the child, didn't, didn't want to be the father. And so I fulfilled my duty in finding him and representing him in that part of the CPS case. Well, you got really lucky that kind of the court brought him to a good location Mm -hmm. and you were able to just kind of, the judge did the roll call and (laughs) you're kind of able to spot him out. So something that's interesting that actually we needed an attorney just like you, Ava, where Maya was 18 when when we adopted her. And so she was no longer a court case. And I think the biggest surprise was the amount of background check that mm-hmm. was required mm-hmm. because she wanted to change her name. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense once you learn, well, you've got to make sure you're not changing your name to avoid a crime yes. or a debt. Yeah. Right. But the adoption was the easy part. Oh, yeah. Because she was once 18. she was 18, yeah. it was, there was not So we, there are actually a lot of families that go f- from CPS, so many ages out of CPS, and then they'd, they'd call you. Because mm-hmm. you still have to have, there's still stuff you got to go through mm-hmm. but it, yeah it really is just that signature you it's can just, you can adopt an adult also you can adopt it which <laughs> yes. i have done yes yes <laughs> yeah i i had a i had a triple adult adoption which was really yeah easy i mean it was easy in the fact that it was just like okay let's all go to court like let's line it up well you, you <laughs> don't have to terminate the parents rights nope. in that type of case because mm-hmm. it's with the consent yeah. of the yeah. adult person so legally, I've always been fascinated by it's it's true in the Bible, it's true in the law, I believe. And that is that if if I adopt an adult, they're my heirs. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely and totally. If I have a will that says all this stuff gets all of my stuff goes per stirpes to my children, yeah. my children is everybody, including Born the child, and adopted. However, yeah. we got them. Mm-hmm. However, we got them. We got them. Yeah. And and I think that's incredible. Yes. Uh, and so that's I guess one of the things is that once you're an heir, you're an heir. You're an heir. Yeah. And there's a, a Bible verse that I ran across about. Um, receiving an inheritance through adoption so let's see if i can find it here real quick uh i think it's ephesians maybe chapter four well i was looking at 14 i was looking at ephesians 1 4 to 11 it's a good one or um we'll talk about it more when i get my notes straight when we come back after the break stay tuned Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Markport here on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, talking about the law and gospel of adoption with Andrew Hunt and Ava Louvre. And uh, before the break, I was trying to find in my notes the the Bible verse in Ephesians where it says that uh, adopted children receive an inheritance. Uh, but Andrew, why don't you read it for us? I do. I've got it here. Uh, this is an example, Todd. Uh, there's multiple examples of adoption in the Bible. The the best, to me, and the most personal is between God and his people, mm-hmm. between God and you, and you, and me, mm-hmm. and really everyone listening to us. It's Ephesians chapter 4, and it'll take a second, but I'll sound out all the words sure. that are hard, and I'll read it verses 4 through 14. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ. You'll hear the Father, and it'll make it'll really start to tie in of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, and I'll get to your... In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, and I'll explain this in a minute, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined, that's that adoption, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, this is the author here in particular, we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, that's us, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So we get, we get our inheritance through Christ, and then the Holy Spirit comes, and he guarantees it, he protects it until we can show up and be with our Father. Awesome. And be with our brother uh, in heaven forever. So yeah, and it's, it's the same with Texas law. Like a trustee. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly It's exactly right. right. Yeah, and uh, adopted children are defined as children, and they can receive an inheritance. Absolutely. Yeah, so you were going to explain some things about that mm-hmm. passage. Yeah, so to get to that passage and to, for it to make sense, and for me to, to understand adoption, I had to start just as a man mm-hmm. to understand, and this was part of coming to understand, well, who am I if I, I have this father, but I, is it okay that I, you know, my dad doesn't shave like me? and. What it, who am I, and where's my value, and where does it come from? And so for me, I had to understand two fundamental scriptures. Basically, the Bible says that God knitted me. He knitted you. He knitted each of us. I like to imagine God-sized right. needles. Yeah. We would probably call it DNA today. He knits us in our mother's womb. Whether you know him or not, you had a mother and you had a father. And 
when he knits us while we were being made, he knitted us in our mother's womb while we were being made in secret, yet unformed, and the number of our days were set, and his he gave us a promise that he would carry us from our mother's womb to the very day of our last breath. And I get that from two places, and they're foundational, and it leads us to, well, how do we end up as adopted children here? And so the first is Psalm 139, verses 13 and 16. And this is God to me. This is God to you. Actually, the verse is written as if, Todd, you're reading it to to God. Mm -hmm. Abba, you're reading it to God. So it says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. This is right out of the Bible. This is ancient. I praise you, for I am fearfully wonderful made. I'm valuable. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. doesn't matter what your mom was going through. doesn't matter what these children's mothers and fathers mm-hmm. were going through. God was in there. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a punishment of the parents, of the mom or dad for being stupid and 16 or for being on drugs. Or it's God had a plan for that child, and it, just like he had a plan for us. So that's our first. We're totally valuable, and we're on purpose. I like that. Even our weird stuff. <laughs> some people think that, they, that they, their baby is an accident, and so I'm, I'm never – Heard it that way, okay. explained that you're not an accident. No, no, you're not. You're not. Like me, us, like many other families, we have two children that went straight to heaven. Their days were numbered, and they stayed in the womb. Mm-hmm. And, and they're still his children, and that wasn't an accident. The second one here is Isaiah 46, second half of verse 3 and verse 4. And he says, um, you who have been, this is God talking to us, you have been, you who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. To gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and I will save. And he gives us this picture of he's the doctor's hands delivering you. And he's got you in his hand forever. He's got me. He's got us. And he's got these children that we're saying, well, should I be their parents? And he says, that's just... It's up to you, but God's with them this whole time. This was not an accident. This was part of their story. And they said, well, how did I get them? How did these children join our family late? And they said, mm-hmm. this is part of their story. This is part of what he's got planned. And he's mm-hmm. going to give you what he needs to take care. As parents, he's going to give us what so. we need. I pray for that. So that's beautiful. <laughs> that establishes who we are as people. And we get, okay, so how do we get from who we are and our value to um, he's going to adopt us? Well, there's this problem that since Adam and Eve... Uh, we have sin that separates us from the Father. Right. Totally. And God loves us so much, and he said, I want to be with you, that he said, well, I made everyone in my image, but there's this gap. And this child, that because of my love, but I, I want to be with them, but because of their sin, I can't. And, right. And he said, well, this child cannot make this right, and so I have to. And so he set a plan forward and he sent his son. It says in the scripture that Jesus says, I'm going to go and I'm going to be proud. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk to my brothers and sisters about you, God. And God sent his son as the brother, our adopted brother. He's got one kid and he said, son, I need you to go. But you're the only one that can take the penalty for their sin. And so I need you to do it. And he says, for my brothers and sisters and in obedience to my father and my God, I'll do it. And so he created a way. We saw that in Ephesians from the foundation of the earth. And he came and he said, he said, everyone has sinned and fallen short. And all you have to do is believe in the work of Jesus. And you will be in the family. And he calls us his brother and his sister. Um, That is the gospel. Adoption is the gospel. It's God's way. um, It's God's truth where he sent his son specifically to come and make us right. He prepared the place. You think about the, I'd love to know, legally, I think you've got to wait some period of time when you adopt. There's a lot of preparation on the parent side. Mm-hmm. And the kid cannot, the kid cannot affect that adoption. It has to come from us, just like it came from our father. Mm-hmm. And then, then we start to go, okay, well, I know I'm valuable. I know I'm sinned. And then there's a choice we have to make that 
my children have had to make, and that is, will I do it your way, Dad? If you're really my father, will I follow your rules? Right. If I'm really your child, will I accept your discipline? And I have to decide as a parent, if you're really my child, will I discipline you like my son and like my daughter? And that's, that is probably the, the choice that each one of us have to make, both for eternity, for sure. And as we decide, are we going to, you know, this is my wife's kids from another marriage, and is, is mm-hmm. this my son? Mm-hmm. Is this my daughter? You know what? Right. I'm going to choose to discipline us, the Bible says, and I'll let you. I'll no, that's awesome. There. No, that you, everything you said is uh, very inspiring to, to bring that analogy from uh, what the Bible says about us and God and Jesus to uh, real adoption here on earth with the, the legal processes yes. and how parents have to... Uh, parent or children, however we got them, mm-hmm. b- born or adopted, yeah. and um, but I, I really liked what you said that when a child's being adopted, um, they don't get to say yes or no. It, it's the law is is there to protect them, um, but it's the choice that the father, it's the, the parents the make. Parents make. That's well, right. they do have to consent if they're over the age of 12. So they over the age say, of 12. So now no, my son. You. Okay. Well, it's well, done now. Yeah, he's but done. That's right. Okay. Sorry. So <laughs> he can't change he, his he mind. No but that's right. If, yeah. if, I mean, your daughter, I mean, Maya could have totally said no. Absolutely. I mean, I love that she came to you guys and said, oh, hey, I, I want this. Me too. But, yeah, she could have said You're no. Right. There's a verse in the Bible that says that we know we are the, our father's children. Talking about we're no that God loves us because He disciplines us because only a father disciplines his children, and so that's one of the deals where would you? Uh, there's a lot of parents that say, "Well, I'm just afraid to adopt older kids mm-hmm. because what do I do?" Yes. I'd love to talk about that uh, okay, if you sure. can, as we talk through. Well, what do you do? What is this like? And what does yeah. the law say? Yeah, we are running out of time, but we'll talk about. Favorite family Christmas traditions. We'll talk about the season of eggnog and we'll talk about adoption when we return. So stay tuned. Thank you. Wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. We'll get back into it. Adoption, the law, and gospel. And uh, Ava, I wanted to give you um, the first word about the law, some some other things that um, people should know when they're getting into adoption. So I definitely think one of the big things is why. Why are you adopting? Um, I think sometimes it can be a misconception that Looking from the outside in, oh, you're adopting that person because of A, B, C, D, three, you know, mm-hmm. all the reasons in the world. But it is an absolutely a lifetime commitment with all the ups and downs, just like any other journey of growing your family. Mm-hmm. So you have to be ready. So why are you getting into this? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's a financial aspect to it. A lot of times, um, some depending on the route, some more than others, but are you financially prepared to do this? Are you financially prepared to take on another family member, take, send them to college, get them a car, put them on the insurance, handle all the bills of any adding any member? I, I mean, did one adoption, and I would say that a big part of the cost is the time mm. that the parents have to take being interrogated <laughs> and investigated <laughs> yes. before yes. they can be 
uh, adoptive parents. Yeah, I think, you know, there's all those, you know, hurdles, and each hurdle costs money. Right. But time. I mean, just the termination part of it, it is such a, um emotional draining. That's true. Emo- emotional cost as well. There, It is immense. And I think, right, I think most parents believe one of the person that they treasure the most outside of maybe your spouses is, is your children, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when you are really thinking about investing your time and money and energy and love into a child, but you have to go through the, termina- the termination and that aspect that that might still not happen, Yep. right? And anything can change. And so you are invested and you have put your energy into something with always the well, what if? Yep. Like, what if it doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. I would love to to talk about that sure. what if and that wild Please. card because that is something that there's this wild card that adoptive parents um, and I think the children children that have been adopted mm-hmm. they it's they're they're aware of it. Yes. And, yes. And so are. there's this. Well, what if they never come back? What if I do all this and they don't love me? What if they go and they try to and they they want to find their birth parents mm-hmm. and then they find out they've got a better family and. Mm-hmm. What if they run away and what if they leave? Um, the, the thing to accept is that you can't control any of it however you get them. You really can't control Yeah, I would say we have that same fear <laughs> from born children yeah. as well. Yeah, and we know that because we were kids. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the number of times we were like, boy, I wish I found out I was adopted by rich parents. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know you, and they're not any different, and you're not any different. But I would say there's a couple of things that are re- very encouraging because you're you're adopting for life, like oh, you yeah. said. And so the money that becomes almost the easy part. <laughs> it's um, well, what if they had something else happen to them you didn't know? And so, mm-hmm. as what my advice to adoptive parents is: well, if you made them and they did this, and you found out when they were 12 or four that they had this issue or this disability, how would you address it? Guess what? There's a lot of people that have done that. They've addressed it, and there's 14 books about it. Nobody may have ever talked to you about it because they made their kids, and that's, they're not thinking about these wild cards. Mm-hmm. But I think the number one thing as you raise parents, you raise kids, is to recognize that what you're going through, with the exception of some small differences, everybody else's kids went through them. Nobody mentions this, but everybody else's kids throws tantrums. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about that, but mm-hmm. you think, well, maybe there was a – some trauma. You'll hear that word a lot. And maybe yeah. there was something. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but everyone else that, that made their kids, they are their so- kids' source of trauma. It, or they're just kids. And um, yeah. and that's just normal. And they mm-hmm. they don't want to submit mm-hmm. just like you're – a lot of us don't want to submit to God. Mm-hmm. And why would the kids be any different? You're that way. Well, when you were talking <laughs> about discipline from the father yeah. – I, I worry about that. I think, oh, gosh, what is God molding me into now? What do I have to go through now? Um, and uh, it's it's the worry, but if I look at my past, every trial that I've been through, I was carried, I was walked with uh, by God. Yeah. So I, I shouldn't worry. It's just a hang-up that I have. You know, I say life is hard, mm-hmm. and so let's go. Let's let's take it head on, you know. My children, my wife, uh, everyone else's family say life is hard. I don't know what's coming tomorrow, mm-hmm. and so let's go together and let's let's figure it out together. I know I know you want to talk about Christmas. But I do have to mention my favorite step parent adoption. Okay, and that's Jesus's earthly father. Oh, Joseph. that's right. Joseph was told, "Hey, your wife's uh, having a baby, and it's not yours, and I want you to raise him." Mm-hmm. And we see that at the very beginning of Matthew, mm-hmm. and. Joseph did. By all accounts, Joseph did. Um, and we can't forget that. There's right. a, that there are so many families that are in those circumstances. Yes. And we, God made all of us this way. Yeah. And so if, if Jesus, his heavenly father, could do it, I think we could pull it off mm-hmm. with God's help. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so you, you mentioned Christmas. One of my favorite things about Christmas is eggnog. <laughs> and uh, during the break, Ava said something about low carbs. <laughs> I have figured out how to decide what the best eggnog is before I even open the carton. Do you, like, swivel it? No, you Smell look it? at the back and find out how many calories oh. it is. 
more calories makes it better. Got it. Uh, I like things very, very sweet. And so there's a generic grocery store brand that I love because it has 220 calories per cup, whereas the the name brand only has like 160. The nerd. I know. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Andrew, tell me about your favorite Christmas tradition for your family? I, we have a bunch. My favorite is our newest one, um, and it comes courtesy of Maya, and that's matching pajamas. Oh, okay. It. It's matching, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's wonderful. We all look great. We look just like pictures. the pictures. I bet. Yeah, we look just like the J. Crew family <laughs> yes. uh, that, that sells the, the pajamas. That's an absolute favorite. Um, and we like to go to somewhere like New York or Washington, D.C., um, somewhere where it's cold for really? a few days. Okay. Uh, and so that's that's another great. Old tradition. Yeah, oh, that's a good and one. and you're full of tradition because uh, being an Aggie, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like to tell people that I'm I'm an Aggie and I'm a Lutheran, and so if I do something one time, it's tradition. Oh, you're you're it's, that's baked <laughs> in the cake. Yeah, that is baked. I'm in an the Aggie cake. from New Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. New yeah, Mexico yeah, State yes, yeah. Aggies. Beautiful. Well, with that to that point, I mean, last year we did Secret Santa for the first time. Oh. Uh, on New Year's Eve. Oh, really? And it was just kind of like a a, a, a start to Christmas. Yeah. And we all, you know, we, the family, We, I have a sister and my parents and my son. And, and we're like, okay, guys, you have to get someone everyone would like or could use. And so that it, would, mm. it made everyone challenge a little bit. And, mm. you know, we made sure to tell my dad, like, you, you have to get it yourself. You can't have mom do it or anyone else do it. Mm-hmm. Like, every, he was the first one. He had his raft and under the tree before anybody else, and we loved it. That's we awesome. loved it. And yeah. so one time, and it's now a tradition. Right. <laughs> That's great. One uh, tradition from New Mexico is the the little brown bags with sand in the bottom and a candle. And we, we call them luminarias. Mm. Um, but I was researching this online, and... And learned that the northern part of New Mexico calls them something else. And uh, I never knew about that disagreement. It is a real pain to get bags, put sand, candle, then you light it. And so it looks very beautiful, you know, Mm. from far away. But Mm -hmm. it takes hours to get them all set up. And do you set them out outside? Yeah. And it's a real candle or like a battery? Well, now they make electronic ones, but the tradition goes all the way back to the uh, 1500s when uh, the Spaniards would set little tiny fires Mm. to light the way into town. Early Christmas lights. Yeah. Yeah. The originals. OG. Okay. Well, we're about to run out of time, and this is the fourth segment, so... And now, it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Okay, Ava, quickly, what would you say your legacy is or will be? I can only hope that it is a... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know yet. I think I'm still building it, right? I would love that my legacy is ideally my children and, and, well, only one currently, but in the memory and the in the joy that's that's what i would love awesome. to be remembered with is yeah. happiness a thank smile. you for sharing that a smile you mm-hmm. do like to smile i do <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite it's good andrew what do you want your legacy to be that that i um that people could know the lord by knowing me and see him and that people could be loved i think i got a long way to go but that um to earn that legacy hopefully i have a lot of time and um, I, I just think simply that people that I encounter um, know that they're loved and cared for, um, even if we're disagreeing. Oh, yeah. And that's, um, I think that's, that's my hope and dream right now. I haven't <laughs> yeah. peaked yet like Ava, so we'll see. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly learned a lot from you and, and feel blessed and, and loved by, by hearing the analogy of uh, adoption through the Bible So I will enjoy listening to this again. Um, But we still have a couple of minutes, so uh, is there anything else about 
the gospel that you yeah. wanted to say. Yeah, I got a couple more here, and I think that's fantastic. I think there's two things. I've got some science. Um, one is that uh, Dr. Purvis, Karen Purvis at TCU, she's passed away now, but they have a center at Texas Christian University that has figured out that when you start caregiving for a child of any age, um, their brain chemistry starts to remap to match their parents. Wow. And they knew this was true, and they only, only recently brain science has been able to back that up. And I think that's fundamental to how God made us in his image. I think it's beautiful. And the other, I think about some of the uh, original, some of the adoptions in the Bible. I think, I think it was probably the first open adoption recorded, and that it was Moses adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, uh, because she, it was open because his his mom, who floated him down the down the river in the basket, uh, nursed him and took care of him for his life. Uh, and also Esther was adopted by her cousin Mordecai in the Book of Esther. So those are a couple of fascinating. Uh, right. Life's been hard and complicated and messy. From the very beginning, we have needed a Savior, and we're going to celebrate His birth. Uh, and, very and saying, soon. Hey, brothers, sisters, I'm coming. And He came That's very right. poor to, so that we could all relate. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank and you. Uh, Thank you. we'll stay tuned for uh, future episodes. We'll talk to you later. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.